Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. Instead, the thorn shall come up. I'll read the whole, then I'm done there. And the fir tree, and instead the briar shall come up, and the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting sign that he shall not be cut off. What this is speaking about is when the Lord comes upon a person in this kind of joy and strength, even the mountains will start singing. The trees will clap their hands. You will notice the Creator's beauty, the things that He has done. Even those things will become a reality of something you can bless and praise God with. Uh, And it's simply because God wants his people to live in this plane while he is on the earth, while we are on the earth. I find in this so many people, they wander around, they constantly have a guilt complex upon them. They're constantly wrong. Have you ever walked out through a day that you didn't feel wrong? You see, that's Satan. He wants you to continually feel wrong. Living by faith. He loves, or if I can say love, I don't know that I can say that Satan loves, but he wants us to be miserable people. I believe it was William Gurnall that made this statement. He said, an old Puritan that I've read much about, he said that Satan finally sees the subtleness on a soul and says that this person's going to make it. I kind of see that he's going to make it, or this person, because he hasn't given up. He just goes through trials and goes through horrible things, and somehow he just pursues and pursues. So he finally says, okay, since I know he's going to make it, I'm just going to make it really miserable for him. I believe that's so much of what a lot of Christians walk through. What I'm wanting to speak about today and reveal to you that that is not the way God works. There's well-meaning Christians that are continually overwhelmed with continual condemnation. When we read the Bible where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is Christians, I want you to hear this. I was, uh, I was caught in this. Um, here some time ago, I was, uh, it was way early in the night, or late in the night, that I was simply crying before God. And I said, Lord, it just seems that all I ever know is your correcting hand constantly. It's like strong on me. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. And this is the message for today, that that's not me. That's not me. I took it as the chastening of the Lord. And I want you to hear this today. That's not me. When I chasten someone, I don't do it year on end. That's not me. My work is precise. I know when I can chasten. And when I chasten, that's exactly what happens. And I started reading the Bible in this, in this way. And I saw some things that I want to present to you today. Colossians 3 verse 10. And I have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Ephesians 2, verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in gloomy places in Christ Jesus. 
No, he has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If the place where we walk in, if the place that we, we find our surroundings in is not in a heavenly place, it's because Christ has not put us there. I want you to understand this. There's, I, I have dealt with this problem. This is, a, this is a problem that is universal amongst religious people. Continual condemnation. Continual condemnation. And then we know the verse. There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. And yet somehow we settle into this continual condemnation. And the condemnation so often is based on, I just cannot please God. I just feel I cannot meet the expectation of what God expects me to be. Some of this can be pride. I believe it's religious pride. You see, God does have a, a hand in this. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings us to maturity. It's not me. It's the working of God that brings me to these places. And I can have absolute confidence that God will bring me to this as I walk with him. This continual gloomy condemnation that hangs over the heads of God's children, and I'll say I'll call it the saints of God, is not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not Jesus. Where the Spirit of God is, there is what? Liberty. There is freedom of the conscience. There is, there is a universal guilt. And what it does, it keeps us subdued so that we do not grow into the fullness and the image of Christ. Because we settle ourselves under that guilt. Robs us from joy. And when we're robbed from joy, we have no strength. God corrected me. I said, well, I believe it's the chastening of the Lord. But I noticed it goes for a year and another year that God just puts his finger in my heart over and over and over on the same thing. And then God said, that's not me. It was very clear. It was so clear I could almost have heard it with my ear. That's not me. Learn of me. I don't do it that way. You see, if you have a child, and I run into this occasionally, a child that has been raised up from a very strong father and has continually complained and continually put that child down. You should know better. Stop it. Don't do that. I just in the past week uh, met or talked with someone that that was that was the way it was with his him as growing up. That I could never do everything. I could never do anything right. It was either it was never. Could you please come to me? It's get over here. Could you go do something? Get over there. It was it was an insulting command that was continually heard in his childhood. And all this person could think of is the way that God commands him around. You shouldn't do that. You know better. It's the accuser. The voice that speaks to keep you doomed and gloomed. It's not God. 
My friend, this is not God. I questioned it, and I, I questioned, and I said, well, Lord, you chasten, and when you chasten, it hurts. It was like, and I, pardon me for saying this, but it was like he said, who, who said that? It was a little bit of dialogue that I've not had for many years that I felt the Lord answering almost as I spoke. You need to have an understanding of how chastening works. I don't single out somebody and for the next year I hammer on that person. Hmm? Some of you have been under that. Some of you are sitting here today feeling guilty of just not being completely where you think God wants you. And you might have been carrying this around for a year, two, maybe even three years. Some of you almost your entire Christian life. That's not God. You see, even though you might do that to your child, I don't think there's anyone here, really, that would do that to their child. Over and over and over, the same thing, just hammer on that person, just hammer and hammer and see that condemnation and somehow delight when they get hurt by it. I don't think we would have that ability to do that. But even if we wouldn't, do you think God would? That song we just sung, God is in love through Jesus Christ with us. We are not the dirty, ugly, miserable, condemned, gloomy bride of Christ. We are the redeemed, the ones that have washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb. And there's strength and power and glory that's coming from the bride. It's this religious guilt that puts us into that gloom in us. You understand what I'm saying? There is the other side to this that says, well, if I start not accepting this gloom that is on me, this constant imperfection in my life, and I start coming out of that and rejoice, then what if I don't care about some of the problems that I have? That's part of the way that the enemy works. The Lord chastens, but he does it precisely in the right time, in the right moment. And he doesn't just shoot in the dark. He doesn't just go out and boom. Because he saw somebody mistake, he'll slap him just like that. He waits for the right time and he waits for the right moment. And he knows the heart. He knows what the person is going through. He understands everything from the inside out. And this is a strategic surgery that he wants to commit to a certain person. And he does it completely with love. And in love there is no condemnation. When we go to a surgeon and they put us out, they don't take a knife and just cut us and cut us and cut us and cut us. They put us to a place where we go into sleep. So we find out the least and strategically they take a knife and they go into that spot and they cut that spot out with the least hurt. But they do it with an intention of taking care of that problem. And if a surgeon does that, do you think Almighty God will do even more so that way? 
with great tenderness and great care and not sloppiness and not with condemnation and not with guilt and not with taking an old whip over you. That's not God. God is precise. That's something I believe he spoke to my heart, that I'm, I'm precise. I don't linger around to draw a soul down. I do my job when I chase him and I move on. And if you think that this constant correction thing that we feel that we get from God, that I can, I can never be accepted in Him because I'm just constantly wrong. That's not God. Can you hear me? Some of you that have this continual problem of condemnation, of I can never be good enough, well, the truth of the matter is, no, none of us can be good enough. And you can try for the next life that you'll still live, 80 years if you, if you want to, you'll still not be good enough. And so we might as well accept his goodness because that's good enough. Some of you people are sitting here and you know that you have that constant condemnation over you. And you might have some issue, you might have a problem, you might have done some wrong, but God's not going to hammer you over and over and over and over and over and over and the rest of your life going to hammer you. It is, there's a requirement if you sin. I'm not talking about sin. Sin is you turn to repentance. I'm talking about other things. Things that probably you alone know, nobody else. Certain feelings you might have. I'm talking about faults and little mistakes. Things that want to continually condemn you could be something between you and your partner. My wife and I, you know, sometimes we don't agree with everything. We talk it out, talk a little bit, and it's no issue. Now, it doesn't condemn us the rest of the day, the rest of the week. The rest of the Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.